Thanks for joining us for the Relate Podcast, where we discover how to do the rest of our lives better by building better relationships. I'm Casey Sunstead, and I'm your host. Whether you are a brand new listener or joining us again, we're really happy to have you with us. So on today's episode, we'll have a conversation where we discover some tools to help us navigate the inevitable times when we feel disappointment in our friendships. We're calling this season, What Do I Really Want? From disappointment to deeper connection. Today I'm joined again by dog lovers, Ari (laughs) and Deb. Yes, we're here. We are here, full attendance. (laughs) And the dog lovers. I'm going to, you know, put myself in that category as well. I love my dog. Okay, so you guys... I've been kind of pondering on this this podcast and how, for me, one of the things that like brings me energy, you know, I'm an extrovert, I love spending time with people. I think a, a podcast about relationships and how to relate is kind of an oxymoron <laughs> because I'm like, where are the people? We're doing a podcast about relationships with people somewhere out there. Have you, have, has, does this I strike you as weird? I relate to that. It feels like we're talking to, we, we feel like we're throwing a party here, but are there any people in the party? We wonder where they are. We yeah. want to meet them. And then there's me, the introvert, kind of off in the corner, just kind of observing. And <laughs> this is the way to party. have a party if you're an introvert. Just pretend and pretend they're not really here. Around. Yeah. And so we see our um, numbers of listeners and downloads. So I know you guys are out there, but I would love to have you in the room and see your faces and get to hear what parts of the podcast are um, resonating with you, what parts of the podcast are making you curious. And so we have an exciting announcement. Yes, we do. We've talked about it once on the last podcast, but we truly want to be together with you we want to see your faces so we are asking you join us for the season three wrap up at a live podcast recording event and who does that have we had a live podcast before this is our first one it's gonna be awesome it's a new thing for us just like the podcast is pretty new for us but we want to we want to see faces we want to meet our listeners so if you're local we would love to have you come out friday night it's going to be a fun Friday night out on November 15th. And they're going to be snacks, right? 2019, 7 to 8.30. Deb is all about the snacks. Snacks. Lots of good snacks. Sweet. Right, Ari? Yes, I do know that Deb loves a good <laughs> snack. Yes. That's why we're friends. We're all about the, the good food. <laughs> we got in today around 8.30 a.m. We've already talked about what we're going to do for lunch. It's like, get our priorities straight, yeah. food. And how disappointed I was. I didn't make it through the drive through this morning. So <laughs> Yeah, it's all about food from one it meal is. to the next. It is. So, but seriously, um, this is going to be a really fun Friday night out. I would love to, to meet some of our listeners, have you guys part of the interactive recording experience. We're going to do some games. And you guys, we have a special guest for our live podcast recording. Yeah. When I heard about this, I was really excited. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Our listeners, I hope, will feel the same way. Our special guest is Albert Tate. Albert Tate is the founder and lead pastor of Fellowship Church, and he's super passionate about preaching and teaching. He also has his own podcast called the Albert Tate Podcast. So if you don't know anything about Albert Tate, you could start there. We're going to have some serious fun. It's going to be a great night. Albert's going to really bring a lot of fun to the conversation. 
So join us. We would love to see you there. We're really looking forward to it. That live event is going to be the last episode in season three. And for that conversation, the topic we plan to address is pretty tricky, but also I think will be fun. We're going to be looking at how to navigate the holidays with, well, the people you see at the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> All of those people. <laughs> the lovely people. And perhaps, based on your story, the people you don't necessarily choose except to see at the holidays. So we all have um, that one uncle, not me, of course, if my uncle's <laughs> listening. I'm not talking about you, uncle. But we all have people that we see that are in our extended family or that are um, could be challenging. What do you guys think of when you think of extended family? Not necessarily yours, but like what pops into mind when you think about the tricky things that come up at the holidays? Well, it's the best of times and worst of times, I think. I just love being with my family. We have so much fun. We cut the turkey a certain way, and we have um, the thankful tree that we post leaves with the things we're thankful on. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we write the things down and put them on the tree, and it's a big <laughs> moment. It's been moment a moment for lots of years. So, but it's a little tricky too. I'm reminded regularly of my old boyfriends and how fortunate I am that they I, bring up your old boyfriends. It, yes, this happens. How long have you been married? Twenty six years, <laughs> and married. my old boyfriends are still brought up around the Thanksgiving table. Yikes. So, yeah, that can be a little bit challenging for me. Um, but my family, my you know, my kids actually think it's hysterical now oh, that this imagine. still happens. My kids are like. 17 and 19 and we're still talking about my old boyfriends but yeah best of times worst of times and i'm not necessarily talking about me in this situation but when i picture this for for you know the masses i think of when you only see people twice a year they're going to ask you those really introductory questions and so you get the same questions over and over and and you can like think ahead and start to kind of dread like they're going to ask me if I'm single. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, it reminds me, I saw a picture and it was of a person wearing a t-shirt at a Thanksgiving family gathering and it had the answers to the no. questions <laughs> that they thought their family was oh, going to ask them. Perfect. That's and it just amazing. said like, single, this is the job I'm working. This is where I'm living. This is how I'm doing. All of that. And I was like, man, that sounds... I'm really thankful that my Thanksgiving is not like that, you know, but it's... <laughs> but that is the perfect play. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody has stuff that's funny or tricky about the holidays. So I'm excited for this conversation, particularly. Yeah, me too. It'll be fun to, to kind of delve in and see what people bring to the table and see what advice Deb and <laughs> Albert and we're going to have a great time. So if you do plan to join us for this live event, would you let us know you're coming by registering at willowcreek.org slash relate. We'll also put that link in our show notes. Now, of course, you don't have to register. If you decide last minute, please still join us. But if you're a planner and you know you're coming, we'd love to hear from you so we know to expect you. Go ahead and check out that registration. Just like always, once we record and have our fun live event, we will obviously be putting our conversation on the podcast as well. So join us if you can't be live in person in South Barrington, join us and tune in. Okay, so on our last episode, we got curious about how we respond when we're experiencing disappointment in our friendships. We began to notice and get curious. 
this episode, we hope to discover some helpful ways to respond now that we're noticing our disappointment. Deb, before we go from taking note of our disappointment to hashing it out with our friend, do you have some other contributing factors for us to consider? Yes, yes. Before we have a conversation, it is so helpful to just take a few moments or as much time as we need and get super clear about that gap. Do you remember the gap we talked about? Yeah. Last time I was there, everything was 40% off. (laughs) 40% (laughs) off. Yeah. We'll be going to the gap later, do some shopping. You're not talking about that gap. Christmas is coming. Not that gap. Remind me, what what gap are you talking about? So the gap, the gap is the clever name we have for the disappointment that we feel when our expectations in a relationship don't always match our experience or our hopes and desires for that relationship. So we all have gaps, right? We do. Relationships just aren't perfect. We do get disappointed. So when we feel those gaps, if we can just pause and ask ourselves a couple questions. Two questions I think are super helpful. The first question, what do I really want? And the second question, what is really going on here? So for what do I really want, you might ask yourself, what is behind the disappointment that you're feeling? So like we talked before, some of the disappointment happens when we walk in with expectations that we didn't get to lay out ahead of time. And we're experiencing a gap between what we hoped for, whether it was said or whether we were even aware of what we were hoping for and what we're actually experiencing. Exactly. And so for me, it helps if I just dig a little deeper and ask the question, what is the unmet need behind my disappointment? That's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I might feel disappointment, but is there a need? Is there something deeper? For example, like if I'm looking forward to lunch out with a friend and I've had it on the calendar for a long time, and then at the last minute my friend cancels and I find myself irritated, right? Because I've put this on my schedule. But as as I sit with my sadness, maybe I'm not just irritated about the calendar event. It might be that the disappointment I'm feeling is really because I have a need to feel just desired by my friend. Like I've cleared my day to make time for my lunch with her. And can she just cancel me really quickly? Like Mm. is my unmet need maybe just to be valued and to know that I'm as loved as I feel that she is to me? Mm. That's really interesting, Deb. You're saying to kind of ponder your irritation isn't really about your calendar or your day. Right. It's more about you had a need to feel important to your friend. Right. Yeah. And that's just a kind of a light surfacey example, but often there's a deeper need. If we'll sit long enough, we can discover what's really going on, and then we can really address the gap more helpfully in a conversation. Right. I've heard it said that's the thing beneath the thing. Yeah. That can be helpful to kind of brush away at the surface and see what is it under the surface that is actually... Getting to something. Kind of like we had to do to our cars this morning. Oh, my gosh. We woke up to snow, friends. And when you say brush off to get to the, yeah, that's what I think of. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, to kind of go like, this isn't about my calendar. This isn't about my annoyance of my day. I was hoping for connection. Yeah, that's what I really want. I want to be wanted. I want my friend to want to spend time with me. And I'm longing for connection. So if I have a conversation, I can approach it that way. Say, hey, I want to check in. I was disappointed because I was so looking forward to time with you and to just quality time 
together instead of like, I'm so irritated. You're always late. Deb, I love what you're saying too, because um, exactly what you just kind of laid out for us. If somebody comes at me talking about their irritation or about their, their calendar, it's probably not going to go as well as if, if they come to me with some thoughts about what they were hoping for, or what they what their need was. Because wouldn't you feel nitpicked? Like, really? I'm late? Like, there were so many things going on that day. Or really? Like, I had to cancel because my daughter was sick. Or, you know, yeah. things happen. So well, getting to the need will help us have the conversation we actually want to have. I think so. Yeah. And I was even thinking, as you're kind of just playing that out, Casey, the idea that we may have something on the surface that we bring to a friend. Oh, I was irritated. You canceled on me or you're late. We may not come at it with the intensity of someone who's experienced a friend that was late, but with the intensity of someone who feels like we missed a chance to connect deeper. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like my time with you is as valued to you as it is to me. And we come at it with almost a gap in the intensity. Ari, what I hear you saying is perhaps the intensity at which we come is more about our need than about what we're actually experiencing right like you were late if I come at it with like a the intent a high intensity it's probably more about I'm I'm feeling disappointment because I don't feel valued yeah and that matches the intensity more than like geez I got stuck in traffic right right and that again that kind of helps to bridge the gap because someone can see where you're coming from it's not just about oh I was I was late and that's why you're coming to me with all of this intensity, oh, it's actually, you felt like you missed an opportunity to connect with someone whose time you really value and someone whose friendship you really care about. And it just, I feel like that can help uh, set things up for success because people know where you're coming from. Yeah. So Deb's inviting us, figure out what it is you really want. What is your yes. disappointment about? Because there's an unmet need there. There is usually an unmet need behind the disappointment. And then we want to ask the second question, what is really going on? And I find myself sometimes telling a story about what's really going on. And I need to pause and ask the question, is the story I'm telling myself about the other person actually true? So, for example, if my friend is late, I might tell myself my friend doesn't value my time. My friend is never thinking about me because I'm using the always never words again. And I might make up a whole story about, you know, how she's insensitive. And instead of stepping back and saying, huh, I wonder if that's really true. What's really going on here? So when we don't have all the information, just our gap We'll make up a story about why things are the way they are. And then we tell ourselves a story that sometimes is inaccurate or incomplete. That makes a lot of sense to me because we're experiencing, like we said last week, get curious about your disappointment. Note, start to notice it. So we're experiencing disappointment. And so our brain has to make sense of what the difference is between what we're hoping for and what's actually happening. And so we fill in. We might not know in this case, like we're saying, why our friend is late. But we kind of have to tell ourselves a story about why they're late or why we're feeling this unmet need of being valued in this case. Sometimes it's helpful just to check our stories with our other people. So, for example, I have a coworker who likes to be real focused when she's working. And early in our relationship, I would just kind of bop by her desk and interrupt and ask questions and she just didn't seem all that excited to see me and I could begin to tell myself a little story about 
I don't really think she likes me. I don't really think she wants to get to know me. She doesn't seem to like my stories. So we even can tell ourselves stories about faces people make. Oh, yeah. We can make up all kinds of stories. And again, I'm kind of exaggerating kind of a kind of a simple little story just for the purpose of of this exercise. But it was helpful for me to learn um, from my friend. The story I'm telling myself wasn't true. Um, I asked her, I said, hey, what's up? You don't seem that excited to see me. And she said, well, actually, I am so trying to finish something here. If I could just finish my email before we, you know, continue this conversation or before we talk, it would help me. And so sometimes it just helps to ask a simple question. Yeah, I love that. That Even that language has been helpful for me of addressing that with a friend or a coworker and and leading the conversation with, hey, the story I've been telling myself is, yeah. and going from there, that feels like a really kind of um, easy way to diffuse the tension. At least that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. And on the last episode, we talked about keeping short accounts with people. Mm. And I think this absolutely falls under that category of like, if you notice that you're telling yourself a story to be able to check that story early with that person, yeah. it's a really fairly easy conversation to have. And like Ari says, if you go, hey, the story I was telling myself about this, you can almost like keep it lighthearted and keep it about yourself instead of about them. It's a really helpful tool. Totally. It is. Often it's easy just to fall into accusing others. We accuse others and excuse ourselves. Mm. So I can be quick to accuse my husband. You don't listen to me. You're, you're off in another world. And here I am so devoted. Like we, we can make up stories, <laughs> accuse others, excuse ourselves, and we make them look worse than they really are. And we make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But the trouble with that is we actually widen the gap. Hmm. When we accuse and excuse, the gap gets bigger. It does. Those stories we tell ourselves are not helpful because, remember, they're inaccurate and sometimes incomplete. And it helps if we can just check in. Oh, so you're saying we, we accuse and excuse in our stories. So the story we tell ourselves right. isn't accurate because we're making them worse mm-hmm. and perhaps making ourselves sound better. Yeah. Yeah. And you can know you're telling yourself a story when you start seeing victims and villains and heroes in your stories, right? And I Sounds am, like a bedtime story. Yes. <laughs> I am I am always the mistreated victim. Like, yeah, the other people are gonna be the, the villain or I like to be the hero. I was too. just thinking I, I do like I to think be the I hero. go hero like all I do is serve everyone or this family would die without me. This relationship is so one-sided. I do all the work and I make all the effort. Yeah, and That yeah. sounds like a story that's not accurate. And yeah. it's not accurate. Deb, when I first learned about accuse and excuse, it was because I was doing some research about having hard conversations for the workshop that we have taught before. Um, and we'll put some recommended books in our show notes, so make sure to check those out. I realized I do this really fast and pretty often. We're good at it. <laughs> and um, I first went to the person that I love the most, my poor husband. <laughs> He's a good one. He is a good one. And I behave badly sometimes, as we all do. And I thought about fights that we have, or maybe, you know, d- um, disagreements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite fiery at times, um, so absolutely some fights we've gotten into where I have told myself a story that I am 
Um, All I'm trying to do is connect with you or spend time with you or really um, feel seen in in our, you know, I tell myself this story about myself that I'm, I'm just wanting all the good things. And, um, and I'm telling myself a story like, for instance, if he comes home late from work, and I've made a dinner. This is this is a story I tell at our workshop that makes me sound terrible. And he walks in the door late. And I have self sacrificially prepared a dinner. (laughs) You went to the store. I mean, I had to buy groceries. I took my whole day. The whole day. To serve the family. To prepare this. And your whole being. Everything you have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are a hero. Ari's entering into my story. I'm on Team Casey. He sees the story that I've created. (laughs) Yes. And my husband, who honestly, actually, Deb is right, so don't don't believe my story, is selfish, (laughs) self-focused, doesn't care. I mean, certainly doesn't care about me and my dinner. So he walks in the door to the story that I have told myself. Oh, poor Matt. About us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) And so I'm actually really thankful for this accuse and excuse. Just even those two words being deposited into my brain that I can go back and go, okay, am I making him sound worse than he really is? In this case, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) I'm telling myself an inaccurate story and I've made myself sound just you know a little better than I actually just am. a little bit yeah especially yeah. now that you can see the story that I've told myself one of my favorite things to do when I am feeling disappointed or actually disappointed is a kind word for sometimes what I feel like when I'm really worked up and I can tell my brain is in the fight or flight like I'm a, and usually mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm usually I'm a fight are you red in the face <laughs> yeah yeah. It's really helpful for me to just go like, okay, excuse and excuse. What part of this story are you making yourself better and you're making them worse? Mm-hmm. And it's been really helpful to get me on the right page before I, I jump into Matt walking in the door late. Who is he really? And what actually happened here? Those are really helpful. Yeah. Super helpful tools. Yeah. I'm thinking about that from my perspective. Un- unmarried, not in a relationship and trying to think through who is it that I interact with pretty often that that may be a common place to enter into and a common place to be able to filter through that accuse and excuse and excuse and uh actually the first thing that came to mind is when i'm driving oh my gosh i something about driving maybe it's the midwest and the traffic maybe it's the snow and the weather i don't know what it is but i definitely get into this accuse versus excuse mode when i'm driving when someone's speeding and they're going way too fast. And in my mind, they're driving so recklessly. I'm like, what in the world are you doing? What is wrong with what you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> and then for me, when I'm going five miles over and trying to get ahead of another car just in case because I need to get somewhere, I'm already excusing myself. Yeah. Whereas we're doing the same thing. And I'm assuming their intentions, but my intentions are so pure and my intentions, there's good reason this meeting's really important or this lunch has been on the calendar forever. So for me personally, unmarried, not in a relationship, I filter it through maybe something uh, as common as driving because that can be a relationship to the people that I'm on the road with. And I almost... Almost always. I won't say always, Deb. <laughs> Good Deb for you. Almost for always. You. Yeah. Deb is rubbing off on me. Yeah. <laughs> I often get in into the mode when I'm driving of accuse. 
That's actually another good story to check with yourself. If you are saying the reason that they're doing something bad, the reason they're speeding is because of their character. Mm. Their bad character. Right? And the reason that I am speeding is because of my circumstances. That's so good. That's what you just said. Yeah. You're so smart, Ari. You're so smart, Casey. (laughs) This is why you Yeah, there's a term. We teach on this term that you didn't even know you were introducing. It's amazing. The fundamental attribution error. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Casey? Absolutely. Where, yeah, if you make a mistake, Ari, if you're speeding then it is because of your poor character. But if I am having to hurry up a little bit and go over the speed limit, it's just because I'm late to my meeting. Mm-hmm. I have we a circumstance. We do this all the time. Right. It's a circumstance. Yeah. And often we'll tell ourselves, whether we notice it or not, I'm not the kind of person who mm. normally would speed. No. But I have this meeting I got to get to. But I to. have to right now. Right. Or but that person is a terrible person for speeding. Mm. I just have a meeting. That's Villain. so good. Villain. Oh, good job, this. Ari. Ooh, it's a bedtime story. That's how you know it's a story. Mm-hmm. The villain. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so, so interesting. That... Maybe y'all have heard this before, but this like blew my mind recently. Mm. Someone was talking about conflict in relationships and basically talking about this idea of the gap. And I realized that what they were talking about was exactly what we're talking about, the widening of the gap in the way that we address things. And they had said, instead of looking at the problem as me versus you, let's look at it as us versus the problem. Yeah, and so bring, good. And uh, uh, bring each other together and narrow that gap in order to figure out, hey, what is going on here? And when they said that, it may sound so simple to you guys, but to me that was like, whoa, that changes my perspective on how I'm approaching this situation because neither of us want there to be a problem in our relationship. So what can we do to simply bridge the gap and kind of ease that tension? That's so good. I think it's important to remember, like we're on the same team here. I have to remind myself of that in relationships and um, remember, you know, I'm for you. We're on the same team. Let's tackle this problem together. And these two questions are really helpful as we've begun to go, okay, there's the disappointment. I'm I'm going to name it. I see the gap. And now there's two questions to make sure once we notice the gap, we don't start to make it worse. So can you remember the questions? What's really going on here? Yes. What's the first one? Ari. What do I really want? How about that? Yes. What so do what I do really I really want? want? What's that unmet need yeah. that I'm trying to identify to get after what I really want? And then what's really going on here? Is there a story that I'm telling where I'm ex- accusing someone else and excusing myself? Yeah. Because in that disappointment, I'm actually making it worse when I start to tell myself a story. It's right. not helpful. Right. Helpful. We want to shrink the gap. And by pausing to take a few minutes to consider these questions, we have the best shot Um, when we go to have a conversation, that it's going to go well so that we can shrink that gap. And it prepares us to have the conversation we actually want to have. If we go from disappointment to expressing our disappointment, we're skipping a step of getting clear for ourselves about, okay, let's see if I can do it. What do I really want and what's really going on here? Great job. That's right. I do like to be a good student. You've got it, Casey. (laughs) A plus. Well, thank you so much, Deb, for these helpful questions. I think if we can pause and do a little work before we go and try to um, discuss our disappointment or or today we even talked about frustration or um, or for me, even some 
I, I can get angry before we go to have those conversations to do some work to get a little more clear. These questions to ponder for ourselves are really going to get us help us close that gap. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. Well, you know, here on the Relate podcast, we leave you with some reflection and discussion questions at the end of each episode. We're really hoping that you could grab a friend and discuss what you're learning and um, share some time together where you can connect over these questions. We're going to ask you the question and then give you a chance for a reflection following each one. Question one. Think about a time where you were experiencing disappointment in a friendship. As you reflect on your disappointment, what was the unmet need underneath your disappointment? Can you look at the situation from your friend's perspective? Maybe what was their unmet need? Question two, in that same scenario, if you were to accuse and excuse, what might those lists look like? How did you make yourself look better than you really are in your story? How did you make them look worse than they really are? Question three, how does identifying these inaccurate or incomplete stories help you close the gap on your disappointment? And this week, after listening to Deb's helpful tools, we have a challenge for you. Each time you experience some disappointment and you start to name it just for yourself, identify what the unmet need is behind your disappointment. Get some practice in on going to the need that will ultimately help you lessen the gap and figure out what is really going on. Identify those unmet needs. If you have a story about something that you have learned on the podcast or something that you've gotten more curious about, we would love to hear from you. Reach out and email us at relate at willowcreek.org. We want to hear your stories and hear back from you. So thanks for joining the conversation today. We hope you enjoyed it and noticed some new things about the way you relate. If you do enjoy the conversation, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We also invite you to like us and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, because that makes it possible for more people to find and join the Relate podcast community. Join us for the next episode as we take a look at what we want, moving from disappointment to deeper connection. We're going to learn about some helpful guardrails that will keep us on the road to having the conversation we really want to have.